Sarnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25, cuts it inside. Perfect. 35, 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50, to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 15, 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer, but they're not going to. Nicks is back. Throws it down. Field. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. Everybody, welcome to episode four of the Red Cup Auburn podcast. And today we're going to shift our focus from the football schedule to basketball. And uh, as always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host Wheeler. And we're going to be – we're going to start off with kind of breaking down Joe Lenardi's bracket that came out today. And it didn't have uh, Auburn in it, as usual, because Joe Lenardi, I guess he just doesn't like Auburn, hadn't had us in any of his brackets. But he had seven F- SEC teams – not including Auburn. So, Wheeler, why don't you start with the breakdown of the teams that Joe Lenardi thinks will be in the NCAA tournament and none of them are named Auburn. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously this is – I mean, Lenardi himself called it his way-too-early basketball prediction. So, I mean, he's really just throwing things out there so that he stays relevant outside of the month of March, even though he really hasn't been that relevant. Uh, I know that this year we obviously didn't have a tournament that we could – go back and look at how he did. But he, I mean, I want to know how this guy got his job because he does not do the greatest job predicting these brackets. Like, you can watch all these different shows and all this stuff, and if you actually look at the stats, all of these other websites, like awfulannouncing.com has a better tournament breakdown than Joe Lenardi does. So this guy has this sweet gig of being up at ESPN, and just because he works for ESPN, everybody assumes that he knows what he's talking about. But clearly, with him saying that Auburn doesn't have a chance, we're not on the bubble, he's a wackadoo. Anyway, the seven teams that Lenardi put inside of the tournament in his way-too-early bracket prediction were Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas, and Kentucky. Uh, Nobes, are there any teams there that you just – that leap out to you is surprising that they're going to be there or not? Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting because, you know, Tennessee, you know, they're, they, they probably wouldn't have made it this year, but they're returning some decent players from their uh, team. Rick Barnes, I think is a really good coach. I think he'll get that team back to where they need to be. Florida is the really, the really the one that sticks out to me because they received an incredible amount of hype this past season. I think they started the season ranked, fourth in the country something like that but they have just underachieved and underachieved and underachieved so I don't know if they're going to be able to you know they started kind of putting it together toward the end but I don't know if they're going to be able to well, they're only the losing way. they're only losing one starter from last season so I think if Florida can't get it together this year I think they're going to part ways with their coach because yeah when they had Billy Donovan there I mean they were a dynasty mm-hmm. um yeah and since the, I mean, their recruiting has remained at a dynasty level, honestly. Um, they keep getting really good players, but like you said, I mean, it's just chronic underachievement. I mean, every single year that they're predicted, last year people were predicting them in the final four, 
Mm-hmm. And they were barely on the bubble. Yeah. So part of that goes back to Joe Lenardi being Joe Lenardi. <laughs> but, you know, part of that is, I mean, it's coaching because these guys are leaving Florida and they're going and they're becoming really successful elsewhere. It's not like, you know, these guys are all busts. They just haven't been able to put it all together for a good season. Yeah, and I think that coaching is a, is bigger in college basketball than it is in college football. Because, I mean, I feel like, you know, as an Auburn fan, we can see, you know, in 2010, we had the best player in the country and a bad coach, and we won the national championship. But with basketball, that it just doesn't really work like that. You know, you really, you really, it's really rare to see a really good team that achieves really well when their coach isn't good. Um, so I think. Well, I with, think yeah, we said it last week with football. Like I think in mm-hmm. football, yes, the coach is calling the play, but like once the play starts, it, like the coach is out of it in football. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's standing there watching just as much as me and you are watching the game. Whereas in basketball, I mean, Bruce is yelling literally the whole time. The only thing that Bruce is not helping them with is literally putting the ball in the hoop. Yeah, you know, exactly. But on defensive rotations, offensive rotations, I mean, literally every single part of the game in basketball, the coach is able to yell, able to scream. The players are being influenced by the coach. So I think that's why in college basketball, the, the way the team plays is so well reflected with how well you're coaching. Yeah. Well, and another big thing about coaching is that recruiting is a huge thing in basketball, almost more than football. Uh, and that goes back to, you know, Kentucky, you know, the number one recruiting class in the country. I mean, it's just a bunch of just insanely talented guys. A bunch of dudes are starting in the NBA within a season. I mean, Kentucky is going to be Kentucky this year. They are going to be amazing, led by Brandon Boston, who – I don't know if a lot of you guys know that was a big Auburn target. Him and Sharif Cooper are good friends. Ultimately, he chose Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky is – I think they'll be a one seed in the tournament this year. They're going to be amazing. Uh, Kentucky will be our – I oh, you disagree with that. Yes, oh, no. All right. Okay, so here's my, here's my rationale for why I think that. Kentucky in years past has, yes, been hauling in. You know, Calipari always brings in his really good recruiting classes. But they typically have that one, the one or two guys on their team that have been there for, you know, a year or two or three or maybe even a senior that are not, you know, a lottery pick like most of the guys. But they're there to, like, kind of bring the team together, be the glue. They don't have yeah. that this year. They literally lost the entire, entire roster except for maybe some bench warmers, and those guys aren't doing squat. So I think that – Yes, they're going to be good. They're going to make the tournament. But I don't see that team making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. When you have all freshmen and you don't have anybody that's been there before, that's a daunting task. You know? Yeah, I mean, I do agree with that. I think that I think that the seniority on the team matters a lot more in the NCAA tournament than it does in the regular season. Because, I mean, I think you can you can go back to uh, our Final Four run, a big leg up that we have on a lot of those other teams that were arguably, be, arguably more talented than us. You know, we had Jared Harper, junior. We had Bryce Brown, who was a senior. We had Malik Dunbar, senior. We had Chumo Kiki, who was a sophomore. And I believe 
Anthony started most of those games, and he was a junior. And coming off the bench, you had Austin, who was also a junior. So it was just we had a lot of upperclassmen and a lot of guys that had played in the tournament before, a lot of guys that had played a lot of SEC basketball. I think that matters a lot in the tournament. But in the regular season, I think it's a big talent thing. And I just see – personally, I see Kentucky just running through a lot of teams. But also, you know, they've got the number one recruiting class, but it's, it's ahead of everybody. Like, I, looking back, if Auburn had landed J.T. Thor, Greg Brown, and Jalen Green, we would have been the number two recruiting class. We still wouldn't have even gotten that number one spot when we've got three top 20 players and four top 50 players. I mean, Kentucky has a really good recruiting class. They're going to have a ton of talent, a great coach, but – I think they'll do really well in the regular season. I don't know how well they'll do in the NCAA tournament, but I think they'll have a one seed going into there. I'm calling in the Wheeler's way too early prediction that's way more accurate and way better than Joe Lenardi's prediction. Kentucky gets bounced in the first weekend. Book it. Round of 32, Kentucky goes down. That's a very, very aggressive, very aggressive prediction. What are your thoughts about uh, LSU? All right, so LSU, obviously they lose Skylar Mace. That guy feels – I feel like that guy has been there my entire Forever. life. yeah. Like, I literally feel time. like every season LSU has had Skylar Mays. Um, they lose him. They also lose Trendon Watford. Honestly, though, Trendon really hyped out of high school. He didn't really impress me that much uh, in his year at LSU, and I'm really surprised that he left. Um, I was too, yeah. his draft stock. I – I don't know. I don't see him as an NBA guy. I really – I see him as a two-way guy, you know, signing a two-way G League mm-hmm. NBA contract. But I don't see him being a full-time NBA player. Um, but he left. Uh, but LSU, they're going to be, you know, how LSU's been ever since the bag man got there. Uh, you know, called the on – The bag man is Will Wade, for those who do not know. Yeah, Will Wade. So, Will Wade's one of my favorite coaches, actually, because he's so fun to mess with. So, for those that have not been to a game inside of Auburn Arena, the students sit on either side of the tunnel where the visiting team comes out and goes in, you know, when they're warming up, when they're coming out for the game, when they're going in at halftime. And, you know, when you're in the student section, you feel really bold and you feel like you can say anything to anyone. So, obviously, everybody, you know, yells at all the coaches, and most coaches and players, you know, they block out the fans. They try and pretend like you're not getting in their head. Will Wade is the exact opposite of that. Will Wade will literally point at you and just cuss you out, and it's kind of terrifying, but it's kind of hilarious because you're like, I'm getting in your head, and I'm a nobody. Like, I'm up here eating my Chick-fil-A sandwich, and I'm ticking you off for the rest of the game, Mm -hmm. and it's really fantastic. Uh, One of his assistant coaches had to get restrained when he was leaving the game last time because he got so mad at what some students said. So I love when Auburn plays LSU because Will Wade is a hoot. I mean, the guy is crazy, but crazy in a good way if you're watching the game. Yeah, and, you know, he does like does like writing checks to recruits, as we have heard on the wiretap. I, it confuses me a little bit on how he is still coaching, but, you know, it, you know it is what it is. But well, uh, he, looking, okay, so he says, I never said that I was paying them money because on the wiretap, he just says that he can make a real strong offer. 
Yes, I believe he it, says. I believe he also about the said quality of education that LSU yeah. provides. An we offer that they cannot resist. An offer I mean, that yeah, real yeah. strong offer you can't resist. The education at LSU, sure will. Yeah. We'll take that. I think we can all read between the lines on that one, but you know it is what it is. Uh, and then looking the next team that Lenardi says will make the tournament, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, Arkansas was a they were an interesting team last year. They weren't necessarily great, except for Mason Jones, who was, I mean, unreal, fantastic player. Dropped, I think it was 40. Wasn't it 40 on the nose against Auburn? I mean. It was. It was the, ridiculous. The, we just couldn't stop the guy. And we were a really good defensive team last year. But Mason Jones, especially down the down the line, really carried that team. But the biggest problem they had was rebounding because they, I believe, they didn't have a single player over six seven, which yep. really their center was six six. Yeah, I mean that really really hurt them, especially against a team like Auburn when we've got Austin Wiley, who was one of the best rebounders in the SEC. I mean, he could he could have his way down there. But now Arkansas's coming in with a num- the number eight recruiting class in the country and a 7-3 transfer from California. That is that's, – I mean, that's a big dude. So, I, I think that Arkansas will be a really good team. But I don't – I personally don't see them making a huge run. I think they'll be a really solid team. But I don't think they'll win the SEC. But I think they'll just be a really good team that's just kind of there. I do think they'll make the, the, the tournament. But I don't see them – winning the SEC, in my opinion. Okay, what what do you think their run in the tournament looks like? In the NCAA tournament, not the SEC. I see their, depending on the, because a big thing, a big thing with the NCAA tournament is the bracket, you know, because you can get, you know, when you're looking at some of these teams, you're like, some of these guys are a lot better than the others. But I think Arkansas could fairly easily, I think they could make a, I think they could make a sweet 16, depending on how well they play in the regular season and what kind of seed they get. But, I mean, I, I genuinely think the SEC will be a really strong league this year, and we could have multiple teams in the uh, Sweet 16 this year. I agree. I think Arkansas, I see them being an Elite Eight or Final Four team. Um, that's another screaming hot take on the NCAA tournament, you know. Kentucky I don't, I don't being bounced in the first week. You don't I, see I Final see, Four? I see Elite Eight as their, as their ceiling, personally. Okay, but here's your here's my thing. Your ceiling, I'm just saying one more game. That that's yeah. just getting lucky that, that's true. from your ceiling. That is. That's very true. You know, you can get some good calls by the ref. You could you just have a random dude just go off. I mean, it you can have that that is possible, but I just I don't know. I just don't see it. I'm just saying okay, so you've got the seven three transfer from Cal. You've got the number eight recruiting class apart from that guy. You have Eric Musselman, who I think is mm, the third best coach in the SEC right now. I think it's Coach Cal, Bruce, and then Musselman. That's just my opinion. Um, and they won 20 games last year when they had a their tallest guy, like you said, was 6'6". They had eight scholarship players when they were playing against Auburn, and they went into overtime. And they still only lost by what, and they, three? They probably should have beaten us that game, too, honestly. Yeah, I'm just saying, Arkansas was a really dangerous team this past year before people started getting hurt. And mm-hmm. they've 
not lost that many guys. And they, they started reloaded. the season like 9-0, 10-0, something like that. They started. Yeah, they, they were started up with Auburn really on the undefeated streak at the beginning yeah. of the year, and then they started dropping like flies. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying is when you don't lose a lot of guys, they're going to be hungry. Their coach is really good. I just think that they have the recipe this season to have a really breakout year. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be a really good team, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just looking at it, I just don't think – I don't know. I just don't think they'll win uh, – I, I don't think they'll win the SEC tournament, but I think they could I, – I honestly think that this year it's going to be harder to make a run in the, SEC, in the SEC tournament as it will be in the NCAA tournament just because there are going to be so many really solid teams – you know, top six, top five seeds that are going to be in the NCAA tournament, and they're all going to be in the SEC. They're all going to be scratching and clawing, trying to win the SEC tournament. And then when you get to the uh, when you get to the NCAA tournament, you're playing, you know, whoever Charleston Southern in the first round. You can get lucky and play some weird team in the round of 32 that beat someone they're not supposed to. Then you can get to the Sweet 16, and still you're either playing a really good team or you're playing a team that's here like, well, they, they may not may not be deserving of being there. Because, you know, if you look at Auburn's Final Four run, you know, there was – I believe Purdue was in there with Carson Edwards averaging like 45 points per game. So it was like, was Purdue one of the – I think they made the Elite Eight, actually. But it was like – Purdue was not one of the eight best teams in the country that year. They just had a really good player. So if you can – if that happens, you know, people can get crazy in March. If that happens, if you can shut him down, you know, whatever. A team that does not deserve can kind of make a, make a push, and then some teams that really deserve could not make a push. So, I don't know. The NCAA tournament is just really unpredictable, in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely is. But that's why, you know, everybody loves it. But I agree with you. I think the SEC is going to be one of the strongest leagues, if not the strongest league in college basketball this season. Um, I think the SEC Big 12 Challenge will – has the SEC won the Big 12 Challenge yet? Uh, we won it. I want to say we won it last – was it last year or the year before? I want to say we tied it last year and maybe we won it the year before. I'm pretty sure we have won it. Okay, I see the SEC winning that challenge and being the best league maybe behind the Big Ten. Which sounds really strange at the time. But, you know, the Big Ten was really strong last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so now we're going to move on to Alabama. What do you think about the Crimson Tide this year? It pains me to say this but I think they're going to be really good this year. Um, so, obviously, they've got Kyra Lewis. He declared for the draft. But other than that, they've got Herb Jones. He's already said that he's coming back. Um, and then Petty, he's, we're still waiting on a decision from him. So, he has till August the 3rd to make his official decision. It was going to be much earlier than that. But since the draft and all that process got pushed back, um, he's just kind of chilling. Uh, he hasn't told anybody either way um, I don't think anybody really has a feel for whether he's going to stay or whether he's going to go but if he stays that'll be a really big plus for them they're coming in with the number 22 recruiting class this year um, I think uh, that this year he, they're going to have some more players for their running gun system and I think they're going to be really dangerous but I think they're going to be kind of like last year where when they're hot you know they can make a run they can play with people, but when they are cold, it is just going to be ice cold. Just bad, bad basketball. Um, so it's all going to be 
the, you know, what the game of runs are. If they go on a hot streak when they need to, or if they're going to be cold in March, you never can tell when you shoot that many threes. Yeah. Uh, Alabama was just a weird team last year. It was a, it was a running gun system, but there were a lot of players that really didn't fit, you know, like Kyra Lewis really didn't fit the, uh, he really didn't fit the running gun system. He's a good point guard, but he just isn't that kind of player to just shoot a bunch of threes and do whatever. He's more of like a, I don't want to say Russell Westbrook because that's a really good player, but that's you know, a really he, strong comparison. Exactly. But, you know, that was kind of the way he likes to play. He likes to, you know, put, play inside, rebound the ball, pass the ball. That was his strength. And then they got Herb Jones, who, you know, Alabama fans say he's the best defender in college football. But, you know, it's just not true. Uh, he, he has a lot of heart. I will say that. He is an interesting player to watch. Gives it all on the court. And it was interesting because – I'm confused on who the, what, what the leaders were on that Alabama team. Because you've got Herb Jones giving it his all every single play, diving for loose balls, shooting free throws with one hand, playing with a cast on. And then you've got guys like uh, Alex Reese, who as uh, – what's his name? Their coach. Nate Oates. Nate Oates said some very explicit uh, things about him, talking about how soft he was – and I just thought it was interesting that there are players that are so soft that the coach is just cussing them out all the time, saying he might not even have a spot on the team next year. Then there are some guys that are giving it their all. I think that that's a – I don't know if that's a coaching issue or if that's a thing that you just don't have leaders on the team. But I don't know what that was. So it was just kind of weird. Alabama's just kind of a weird team. They could be really good. They could be really bad. Some of their players are have really good heart. Some of them are just terrible. You know, it's just a really weird program. It's it's a program that's in flux right now, and I hope that it goes in the wrong direction. But it really seemed like Nate Oates had his guys, you know, headed in the right direction last year. But like you said, I mean, you never know. The fact that Petty's not super convinced about coming back tells me that the culture there is not where Nate Oates wants it to be, you know? Mm -hmm. The fact that yeah. the guy's been waiting, that it's June 29th, and he still doesn't know what he wants to do, whether he wants to play or whether he wants to go. Like, like I understand you need time, but the season ended the first week in March. I mean, it's yeah. been, what, four months now, and the guy still mm -hmm. has no clue? I mean, the next season – I mean, the off-season training's about to start. you got to start making some decisions. So, I, I don't know. I think that they're going to be a solid team. I think they're going to be in the tournament, but I don't see him making a deep run. I see him being middle of the league in the SEC, um, but not great. You know, just a really, really solid team that will obviously beat you if you're not on your A game, but they're not going to be just a bunch of studs out there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I see a team that could – I see a team that could beat Auburn and lose to Vanderbilt in the same week. You know, it's just going to be uh, – just going to be an interesting thing just like last year. But – uh, so, those are the six teams, and the seventh team that Lenardi says will make the tournament is Ole Miss. What do you think about them? Yeah, I think this is the first team that I saw that I was really surprised that Lenardi had in there because, honestly, I, I didn't think that Ole Miss was really that great last year. And then they're losing their best player, in Brandon Tyree. So, I was really confused as to why Lenardi thought that they were going to be really good. So, I did some digging on them, and I found out that they have – two grad transfers that apparently mm -hmm. he's really high on. 
let me tell you, Noble, these grad transfers are from Cal State, Bakersville, and from Ryder. Those are not yeah. exactly super <laughs> Not strong. exactly, yeah, real top-tier places you want your transfers from. Yeah, so they both average 16 points a game at their respective schools, which that, I mean, 16 points a game is 16 points a game. But, I mean, Ryder, Ryder is just not – I don't even know, what, I don't even know where Ryder is. Exactly. You have no I've idea what a Ryder is. Ryder? And that is where we yeah. come to our trivia of the night, Noble. All right, oh, so Ryder University – is located in New Jersey. Private school. What is the mascot of Ryder University? Uh, I mean, I have absolutely no idea. If somebody on, asked Nobs, me, you call what yourself Ryder a basketball was. fan. How do you not know what the mascot for Ryder University is? <laughs> Are they D1? Yes, they're D1. They're in the MAC. You want to know how I know they're in the MAC? Because they revealed. Their mascot's name during Maction, a Tuesday night football game. What is what is the writer mascot's name? AJ. 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 <laughs> um, this guy, this a guy from this school is turning Ole Miss around. He's turning I'm him gonna, around to put him in the tournament. How I'm do you gonna not know take, him? I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and guess the Eagles. And you would be incorrect. Dang. It's very difficult. It's the Bronx. Not the Broncos, the Bronx. With an X? Do you want to know what the mascot is? A Bronco. Man, they do not that call is. Themselves the Broncos, but their mascot is a Bronco. It's the weirdest thing. And his name is AJ. Why is it AJ? No one knows. Literally, the SGA submitted like five different names it was like blaze blake aj i can't even remember something else and on the tuesday night football game at halftime they revealed their new mascot aj the bronco well as much as i'd like to sit here and talk about the uh illustrious history of the Ryder university mascot we're kind of running out of time but uh with Ole Miss I just I don't know I don't see it I don't think they're going to do too much I don't think they're going to go to the tournament if they do I think there will be a team that finds out that they're in right at the last second on selection Sunday that's when they find out they're in but um yeah I just I don't see I don't see Ole Miss this season all right so the question now is are there any SEC teams that Lenardi doesn't have in the tournament other than Auburn that you foresee being in the tournament, potentially? Um, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, possibly, possibly South Carolina. I think South Carolina is a team that's just kind of very uh, odd. You know, it's like some seasons they'll just come out and be really good and some they're not. I could maybe see Mississippi State. You know, Mississippi State in the past has been a solid team, but I don't know how their star power is going to work. But a lot of things – the SEC is going to be so difficult to win this year that it's going to be difficult for these lesser talented teams to beat the Kentuckys and the LSUs and the Auburns and the Arkansas. It's going to be hard for these teams to get the wins that they need to get to the tournament. But on the other hand, you know, if they catch Kentucky or LSU or Auburn on a bad night and they get a win, those wins are going to carry a lot of meaning going into the tournament because they're like, well, yeah, they might only have 18 wins, but they beat Kentucky, LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn, you know? So, like, 
we're going to look at Wake Forest, just a random team in the ACC. They've got 22 wins, but they don't really have those big-time wins where it's like this team might win a national championship, but this, these guys beat them, you know? So I think it'll be interesting to see. But for the most part, I think it'll be seven teams in the tournament, possibly six, and I think Auburn will be one of those. Yeah, I, I definitely – I think that there are going to be a lot of – tournament quality teams in the SEC that don't end up making the tournament just because there aren't enough wins to go around in the league. And there's going to be so much in that top tier to middle tier that those lower tier teams, even if they have tournament talent, they just won't be able to get enough wins. Yeah. Um, But so we've kind of talked about the landscape of the SEC. So now real fast, we're going to go to who our projected starting fives are. And this obviously, this is really early We haven't heard about practices and stuff. This is just who we think are going to start right now. This list will probably change when we start hearing stuff from practices and when the season starts, the starting lineup will shift as it always does. But we're going to talk about the starting five. We're going to talk about who we think the MVP of the season will be and who a sleeper player is that can break out uh, in practice and end up starting or possibly kind of later down the line become a really good player but who a breakout player will be. So, Wheeler, why don't you start with that? Yeah, so for my starting five, I have Sharif Cooper, Devin Cambridge, JT Thor, Jalen Williams, and Stretch. Um, I think – so I kind of put my starting five together. I tried to mix young talent with uh, Sharif and JT with some, uh, some more experience in Devin – Jalen and Stretch Um, but honestly even with those guys our team is losing 80% of our points from last year 75% of our rebound and 82% of our minutes played so while yeah you know Devin Jalen and Stretch were on the team last year I mean they really don't have that much experience so I think with any lineup we you know pick tonight uh there's going to be a lot of inexperience on it. And so I think Auburn fans need to know that and know that part of the reason we won so many games at the beginning of the year and went on our long undefeated streak was because our team had it together already. Like we had the team chemistry. We were ready to go week one. This team's probably not going to be like that, you know? So you can't be saying, Oh, Bruce has lost his touch. Oh, we suck. You know, all this stuff. Like it's, it's not going to be as bad as I mentioned with Kentucky, you know, having nobody coming back. But it's going to be a little bit of that where it may start off a little shaky and we may have some close games against some, you know, UC Bakersville and Riders. But, yeah, they're going to get it together. But that's my starting five. Well, yeah, and I think an advantage that we might have is that a lot of these guys play high school and AAU together. So that's a possibility these guys, while they don't have the experience of playing together on a college court, they have experience, they've played together, they hang out all the time, they're really good friends. So that's a thing, like the chemistry, that these guys know what's going through the other person's mind on the court. So I think that's just something to note. But my starting five five is going to be a little bit different. Um, And I'm going to go with Sharif Cooper at the one. I've got Justin Powell at the two. Alan Flanagan at the three, uh, JT Thor at the four, and then Dylan Cardwell at the five. So I'm going to start with the five. Uh, Dylan Cardwell and Stretch I think are going to be really close, and I think they're going to play virtually the exact same amount of minutes. I mean, I think it's going to be these guys are playing pretty much the same, and just the term 
starter is just going to be, you know, whatever. It's going to be technically you're the starter, but you're not really anything different. Because I'm looking at the uh, minutes per game right now, and Austin Wiley had 21 minutes per game. Anthony McLemore had 20, you know. So it's like while Austin Wiley started, Anthony was playing, they're going to be playing the same amount of minutes. I think that's what's going to be happening with the five. Uh, Noble's just gassing him up because he's a friend of the page, and he came on and did an interview with Noble. He we did. all see through your charade, Noble. We all see. <laughs> but uh, truth, truthfully, a thing that I really do like about Dylan Cardwell is his size. I really like that he has – you know, he's got more size than stretch. And with the lineup that I have with JT, you know, JT's only 180. He's 6'9", 6'10", in that area. You know, it's kind of – he's kind of a skinny dude. If he's going to be playing at the four, I think you're going to need that that bigger body – you know, Dylan Cardwell at the five. Uh, but b- back to that, with JT Thor at the four over Jalen Williams, uh, I personally just think that JT has a little bit of what Jalen doesn't. I think JT Thor is a better shot blocker than Jalen, although I think Jalen Williams is a better off-ball. I think Jalen's a better defender, but JT Thor is going to be able to get more blocks, if that makes sense. Um, and JT Thor has a really nice mid-range game, three-point game. He's, he's a really good scorer. And he can work on his defense, but he's a really good shot blocker. So I think that'll be interesting. But I love Jalen Williams. When he would come into the game uh, last season, it was just really I, – I loved him. You know, he was really exciting to watch. He didn't mess up a whole lot. He just did what he was supposed to do. And I really like that about him. Uh, moving to my three, I've got Alan Flanagan, who actually started three games last season when Isaac Okoro was out. Really good defender. Was a good offensive player in high school. He was the number one player in the state of Arkansas. But he just couldn't really get his offensive game together on a consistent basis at Auburn last season. I hope Until that he'll the be the Tennessee able to, game. Yeah, against Tennessee, he was playing really well. And against Georgia, uh, the first time we played him, he played a pretty good game. But so I just hope that, you know, he can kind of get that together. But I think he'll probably be the best defender on the team. So – I think that's what's going to give him the starting job over Devin. And the reason I didn't start Devin at the two was because of his just crazy inconsistency last year. I mean, he'd have a game where he scored, you know, blew up, was our leading scorer, made seven threes, and then wouldn't score for two weeks after that. I mean, it was just like, can we just get some consistency? Because if the guy that showed up against South Carolina – is playing night in and night out. I mean, we're going to have NBA scouts everywhere. I mean, he'd be the star player. I want to see that Devin Cambridge every single game. Uh, and at the two, this is also my sleeper player of the year, is Justin Powell. He was a – he's listed as a three-star by rivals in 24-7. Listed as the 151 overall player by 24-7. But if you look at ESPN – ESPN is really high on him, gives him four stars, and I think he's the number 76 player, I think so, uh, in the ESPN rankings. So he's a four-star on ESPN, and he is just a really good shooter, has really good size for a shooting guard. Um, in the EYBL circuit last season, he played with the Indy Heat. He averaged 13.2 points and shot 50% from the floor. And the thing that I love the most about this guy in AAU, this guy's playing against a bunch of these dudes, a bunch of guys on the AAU circuit are going to play college basketball. He averaged shooting 55% on 13 points 
and on, I believe, four attempts per game. Like, 55% from three is unheard of. Like, people don't shoot that. You know, Bryce Brown, in his last season at Auburn, I believe he shot 41.3%, something like that. So, it's just like, if you shoot really high from three, and that's what Bruce loves. Bruce likes to shoot threes. He likes to do that. Justin Powell reminds me so much of Bryce Brown, but instead of being 6'3", 6'5", I'm really, really high on Justin Powell. And he might, well, he might not start at the beginning of the season just because he's coming in as a high schooler. I think he will become a starter by the end of the season or just a guy that plays a lot. But I think Justin Powell will be a really good player for Auburn in the future. I don't know if you saw uh, Sharif's Instagram post the other day, but that guy has – dunk, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was – they were just hanging out in the practice arena. And, I mean, he was, like, throwing them off the backboard, like, 360s. I mm-hmm. mean, the guy was just doing crazy things. So, I'm really excited to see him, too. He was actually going to be my breakout player, too. Um, but kind of like you said, I mean, the guy, he's really underrated. He kind of slipped through the system. I think he's going to be a big-time player for Auburn. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then another thing – a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of talk about Tyrell Jones, and you know, Bruce said he's been working out at the two and the one. I personally don't think he'll spend much time at the two. I think he will just be the sixth man. I think he will be a backup point guard when Sharif gets tired, and he'll come in. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see Tyrell coming in and starting at the two. I think he'll get some time, but I think most of his time will be spent um, at the one. And then, obviously, our starting point guard. We both had Sharif Cooper. That is an obvious thing. He's going to – I think he'll be the MVP of the team. Um, his court vision is just – I think that's that's a thing that's so difficult to put on a stat sheet. You know, like, even if it doesn't result to an assist, if he dribbles in, draws the attention, gets a crazy pass, and then the defense closes out, and then they we pass it to another guy. And even though he doesn't get an assist, he's the one that made the play. So, I just think Sharif – things run smoother. Exactly. And just, I, I just think that Sharif is going to have a little bit of the Isaac effect that Isaac had last year, where it was just like, we play different when he's on the floor. It's noticeable that he's not on the floor and it's noticeable how much we miss him when he's off the floor. Uh, so yeah, I think Sharif Cooper will be the MVP of Auburn State next year. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the guy, I mean, you just watch his highlight film. He's ridiculous. Even when you watch other people on their Instagram stories, I mean, he's just like most guys go and practice dunks. This guy practices just ridiculous passes. So I think there's there's going to be a lot of highlight films uh, from this season of Sharif doing something just you know behind the back or through the legs to a guy for a big dunk or for a three pointer. I mean, I think the offense is going to be much improved this year. I think it's going to be the opposite of last year's team where I think the defense Mm -hmm. is going to be the part of the team that we are going to be constantly working on and hoping to see improvement. I think the offense is really going to thrive this season. Yeah, I agree. But uh, so, yeah, we are out of time, but we had a little bit of fun talking about basketball. Um, So as always, if y'all have any questions, comments about this podcast, feel free to DM the page with any questions y'all have and more Eagle. Where you go?